to introduce Marta Zboralska, who's going to um, talk to us about, in, in relation to her work on the, on the Polish avant-garde, um, about Straminski and Kopro. So over to you, Marta. Thank you. Can you hear me? When I speak like this, can you hear me well? Okay, brilliant. In his theory of vision, completed in 1947, but published posthumously more than 10 years later in 1958, Polish artist Władysław Strzemiński analyzed the development of what he termed visual consciousness, the historical evolution of seeing. Amongst the diagrams accompanying his argument, one stands out as particularly peculiar. Is there really annoying reverb or is it okay? I can't read, okay. At the top, Identified by Strzemiński's inscription is Mózg. The brain, its folds resembling those of a cumulonimbus cloud, connects the eye, the source of an impulse symbolized by a pulsating arrow, with a dismembered hand. And as I was reading my own paper, I kind of realized that I subconsciously put this word dismembered here, and Strzemiński uh, was severely wounded in the First World War and actually lost an arm and a leg, so it's kind of an interesting thing to maybe think about. It hovers above a large oval field. This indistinct sphere existing between distinct body parts it is designated as the zone of rhythmic vibrations. Such vibrations, Stremiski explains in his theory, fall into two parascientific categories. Quote, one, mechanical vibrations, resulting from the overcoming of weight and resistance of the organism. The pulse, breath, bodily movements dependent on the pendular length of its constituent parts. Two, bioelectrical current, uh, vibrations, sorry, related to the functioning of the nervous apparatus and manifest in the form of altering, intermittent, very weak electrical currents. Though the artist appears to dissect the body in order to isolate the physiological processes within, some of the ideas behind this theory in fact seem to derive from his earlier, earlier beliefs in rhythm as the foundation of unity in life. Developed together with Katarzyna Kobro, Strzemiński's mode of engagement with, constru with constructivism was formulated as part of his involvement in a succession of groups of artists and architects in the 1920s. His concern with, and the phrase here is his, total organization of space, the capacity of art to overcome life, more than respond to it, was defined through the concept of architectonization, a method that could be applied to different strands of artistic inquiry alike. As much as he was a firm believer in the specificity of each medium, Strzemiński, a former student at the prede predecessor of the Kutemas, the Moscow's Fomas, was interested in devising a scheme that could, that could account for the entirety of life as seen through the prism of art. Everyone knows the work of the Bauhaus, proclaimed the opening sentence of a short article in a 1931 issue of the professional publication Architecture and Building. But little is known about the analogous work which has continued for a few years at the industrial school in Koluszki, and arguably that's still the case. We know very little about this work apart from the fact that the students were not really interested in Strzemiński's program and wanted a different teacher, and that's why it didn't last very long. Confidently claiming that the quality of this work exceeded that of the work produced at the Bauhaus, the article was illustrated by images of serviettes and scarves made by the students. Young women 
whose names are unfortunately omitted, and described the course devised by the well-known artists for the school. Consisting of a sort of four-course supplemented by vocational training, all in the spirit of learning from analytical cubism, the second part of teaching involved, quote, drawing out the architectural lines of the human figure in order to, quote, compose clothing into these architectural lines, resulting in a composition in which the figure merges with clothing in a common architectonic rhythm, end of quote. In other words, the point of studying the ways in which the body can be reduced to a series of geometrical shapes was the mapping of its folds onto the folds of fabric, creating not just an analogous but reciprocal relationship. Here, textiles constituted modern art in the same way any other medium does. The women's creations, material colleges exploring texture or factura and composition, are on a par with buildings, sculptures, and in particular painting, whose two-dimensional rules they want to be subject to. A note underneath the serviettes notes that, quote, in color and texture they derive from linen canvas though the very nature of the exercise traverses the line between two and three dimensionality. It is as if these decorative items remember that the canvas, too, is a kind of woven fabric, a sequence of natural fibers, its intrinsic properties a form of entanglement of art and life. The totality of this project thus relied on more than a vision of all-embracing functional modernity. In Kobra and Streminski's Bauhaus, the eye was hardly disembodied with the purity of art dependent not on an adulterated vision, the innocent eye, but a correlation between different kinds of reverberation, with interference embraced as an inherent part of the process and not its unfortunate byproduct. The idea of enveloping the body not just through, but in art, or in other words, of drawing parallels between human anatomy and the anatomy of art, Seems to, fit, seems to fit Kobra and Streminski's broader conceptual scheme. In their theory of unism, which dates back to the 1920s, the painting becomes a kind of organism. Streminski wanted to make art, quote, as organic as nature itself. While this is normally read in the context of his attachment to medium specificity, the inherent properties of things, I would like to consider the implications of this parallel with the natural world from a different viewpoint. If the etymology of the word organ is tool or instrument, then the connection of the human body to the paintbrush, the chisel, or the loom begins itself to feel organic. These are not items that artists simply employ, but items whose voluntary use corresponds to involuntary bodily movements. The way we breathe is the way we paint. The heart beats as the threads on the loom are beaten up. Tense muscles produce tension between the strings. But this is not just about certain linguistic parallels or even indexical relations. It is about harmony and visceral reverberation, about the body making art which makes the body. Both the body and the canvas are structurally similar as space is filled with rhythmic vibrations. What originates in the eye resonates across the picture plane. The 1931 article concluded that, quote, the school managed to break the mold of decorative arts it produced a type of modern fashion and domestic objects architecturally connected to the contemporary interior. This was true not only in the sense of an all-encompassing approach to art and design. The different textures and patterns are part of the broader sensory sphere, not only made by hand, 
they react to being touched and wrapped around the body. The scarves and serviettes are geometric configurations for everyday use. They are variations on the kind of square that gets out and about inhabiting spaces outside the grid. In Streminsky and Cobra's understanding, art lives. Thank you. Thank you.